Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and it is time for another Steelers preview. Unfortunately, we are previewing the offseason and not a Steelers playoff game. But the Steelers (laughs) preview continues no matter what. We are always here, the three of us. Joining me as always, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? It's the offseason. It's... I'm still going to watch all the football games this weekend just because I'll take in every football game I can get. But... uh, it's the off season. Yeah. Brian, welcome to the show. Picture this, gentlemen. 1987, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. A freshman clarinet player, redhead, dumps me right before homecoming, and I don't get a chance to go. That's how I feel this week. <laughs> that a true story? Yeah. Her name was Tina. She dumped you right before the dance? Yeah, it was about, uh, it was about uh, two weeks before the dance, yeah. Did you rally and find another date, or did you just not go? No, I, I, uh, I did not rally. I, I could have. <laughs> I, I was hoping for like the 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 sympathy date, um, but when you're playing cymbals in the band, I guess you're not really getting that many uh, offers that year. <laughs> Got to have a fiddle in the band too. All right, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's get this show off started. We are going to dive into some free agent talk. Um, And I want to get everyone's perspective. And those that are watching live on YouTube or Facebook Live, welcome. We're going to get your perspective as well on the future of Steelers free agents. We are going to dive headfirst right into this in the first half of the podcast. And what I want to do is I have the list. I'm not even going to bring up restricted free agents or exclusive rights free agents because ultimately the Steelers still have control, contractual control over those players at this time. If they want it. Exactly. Yeah, which means they still have contractual control. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, to, just to clarify, exclusive rights free agents; those are for league minimum deals. Restricted free agents that's a can be a whole lot more expensive. Yeah. So sometimes it's just not worth it. So yeah, that's only all right. So we're going to talk about the unrestricted free agents the Steelers are facing, and we're just going to basically give our opinions on whether we want the Steelers to prioritize their return. Do we think they will be back? Stuff like that. So we're going to play it by ear. So let's get this show off on the right foot. Unrestricted free agents. This is the, we're going to start off with a toughie, in my opinion, and that is one Mr. Larry Ogunjobi. Now, I hope he comes back because it took me a season to say his name, and now I already have it. But still, Dave, we'll start with you. When it comes to Larry O, predict the future of his tenure in Pittsburgh. Is it one and done, or is he going to be back? Since I'm predicting the future, I'm going to say one and done. I want to have him back. I I just think 
if it gets to March 15th and he's not re-signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, sorry, March 13th when the tampering period begins, yes. i got to remember that one, Correct. Um, that I think that he's going to get more money thrown at him than what the Steelers are going to really want to do. Uh, I would love for him to stay. I really would. But I just don't know that that's going to be the case unless he just really liked it here and thinks that it's going to be a part of something special and says, let's get it done. Uh, I, I just, uh, I, he had that big deal from Chicago that fa- and then he failed the physical. That's why I'm concerned about that. I want him to stay. I just don't know if they can do it. All right. So same with you, Brian, would you want him back? And do you think he'll be back just like Dave did? Go ahead. Want? Absolutely. I, I would go back in time and take Larry O to, 1987 homecoming at Richland High. That's how much I love this guy. Was he born in 1987? No, he was not. (laughs) Then I would take his mom and maybe I'd be Larry O's dad. This is taking a really creepy turn. Can we get back to the topic? Back to the future 45. Um, Or bad to the future is actually. Yeah, bad to the future. It's the off season. We can be idiots. Or I can be an idiot. Um, Let's. Yeah, I definitely want this guy back. I'm thinking that Larry O is tired of being a nomad. And that might come into play here. It might be being on a team with TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. That for him is probably going to be a pretty big deal too. I think being playing for a team that in that your head guy is Mike Tomlin. And I'm sure he had a more stable environment than he has in his career. I mean, look, the guy played in Ohio, his entire professional career until going to Pittsburgh. And I think that makes a big difference as far as stability goes. I think it's one that he would like to get wrapped up and stay. Um, As far as everything Dave said is right. You get closer to that deadline. um, You get other teams coming to Colin, coming to Corton. He might be gone, but I would love to see it. And I actually think it's good too. I think it would be great to have him back. I don't think he comes back. I don't think the Steelers can afford him. I know that someone in the live chat, George Rice says, given three years, 9 million a year. That's pretty steep. That That's a pretty steep mm, con. Now I know that Omar Khan is, he's a, he, he knows how to manipulate the salary cap. He knows how to structure contracts that are friendly for the team. He's been doing it for a long time. So I trust him in that regard. But at the same time, I agree with what Brian said that maybe he wants to stay in one spot. And that's where I agree with Dave. If he, if he hits the open market, so him wanting to stay somewhere means that he could just get a deal done before free agency starts. I'm sure the Steelers will approach him. I just don't think it happens. I, I think that there are some players that just want to get the, the most lucrative contract and I don't blame them. I don't blame them for doing it. I really don't get, get the bag when you can. Dave, what do you want to say? Okay, just to put things in context, he will be turning 29 on June 3rd. So that's another thing to, to kind of remember. The Steelers and the age and everything. That Now, that comes more into play when you talk about outside free agents. He is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. You've, so he gets a little bit more there. Three-year three, three year deal, I, I'm not – I don't know. Uh, I mean, but with, the, with that $9 million a year – I mean, even if they did a three-year deal and they and and the base salary 
in year three was really big and it was more than it's kind of average in year two. And then you gave him the signing bonus in year one to where it's the, to, to where it's a, a lower salary cap hit than he was last year. And then by year three, if you don't want him, you're, you, you just don't have that big, you know, it, it looks like the, the good contract if he's willing to take it. But then if you don't really want him for year three, uh, you don't have to do it. Okay. So I, I think that we're all kind of on the same page. We'd love yeah. to have Larry Ogunjobi back. The numbers are going to have to fit for the Steelers. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Let's go to the next player. This is a... <laughs> Let's go to Devin Bush. We'll talk about Devin Bush next. I chuckle because I still can't fathom that a top 10 pick is uh, being discussed this way. Nonetheless, fifth-year option was not picked up. I'm going to start with Brian this time. Brian, what do you think about Devin Bush? I wanted to hold on to him and see everything that he could possibly do. I thought actually his work in 2022 was better than it was in 2021. I thought he made some strides. I don't think they were enough um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think that was most apparent, even though Mike Tomlin was saying the reason Mark Robinson was playing and the reason it wasn't Mr. Devin Bush Jr. was because of the situation, uh, the, the, uh, the game strategy. But really, if he was in the future plans, I think he's playing in those games. I think saying that he's not the right guy for every situation damns him out of Pittsburgh. So I am not, I'm not looking for him to come back. I'm not actually welcoming him back if I'm the GM. All right, Dave, what do you think about Devin Bush? I don't think either side wants to stay together. This is, this is the, um, Oh, what's, what's, what's the, um, what's, what's the phrase? The, the, um, the 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 uncoupling, thing, you know the 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 mutual uncoupling or whatever it is. Yeah, that's what's going on here. I don't think I don't think the Steelers want Devin Bush back. I don't think Devin Bush wants to be part of the Steelers. What Brian said about the last two games, I think, is really telling. Now he mentioned Mark Robinson. The only thing that could change this is when you saw how bad Mark Robinson was in Week 18, and it was really 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 bad. Because once you get tape of a, of a player that can does one thing really well and has some other things that they can't really do much at all, you're going to say, hey, we're going to make them have to do that. Those things every time he's on the field, he wasn't on the field either. But even when they took Mark Robinson off where he only played 11 snaps, it's not that he got replaced with Devin Bush. He got replaced with Miles Jack. So right there, you don't – if Devin Bush was really someone that you wanted long-term, you're not going to leave him with a sour taste in his mouth like that because he's not the best option to be on the field to win those games is what you ultimately are looking to do. And if he's not the best option to be on the field in those games, why is he the best option to be on the field in 2023? Uh, there's nothing I can add to anything that you all just said. Let me ask you this, though. Let's say he tests free agency. No takers. We're talking Terrell Edmonds 2.0. Do the Steelers offer him a Terrell Edmonds 2022 type one-year deal? What's up? Can I can I explain that deal real quick? Yeah. That's a special thing. What Terrell Edmonds did this past year, everyone thinks that Terrell Edmonds only made like $1.1 million. No. Terrell Edmonds made $2.5 million. It's a special thing in 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 the um Oh, uh, blah, 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 blah. what's that called? Collective bargaining agreement. Thank you, CBA. It's a special thing in the CBA that a player that that is on the roster 
for four straight years, always on the roster. I think with the exception of being on IR, I, I, I don't think that comes into play. It might. And if that's the case, Devin Bush would not qualify. But if you're on a team's roster for four years, you can you can have up to two players sign a deal to where they make a specific amount of money and all, and and a total and a certain total doesn't count. Now, if you do two players, the amount splits between the two players. The Steelers did it last year with just Terrell Edmonds, so that's why he he made twice more than twice as much money as what he counted on the salary cap. That's how that works. That's that's how it is. So Brian can go ahead and answer that. Yeah. So the question is, Brian, <laughs> if that deal, no matter how it comes to fruition, if that deal comes up, do you bring Devin Bush back on a one year flyer? No, actually, I don't. Uh, last week, I would have said yes, but I I just don't think it's really going to benefit the team either. I I think he's a much different player than Terrell Edmonds is. All right, Dave. I think, well, because the thing is, what that allows is that allows if no one else will sign them, the Steelers to pay him more than what he then other teams would be willing to offer as a, as a quote-unquote minimum. Um, I think Devin Bush at this point would take a minimum deal from another team than get paid more by getting that deal from the Steelers. That's just the feeling I get. Hmm. That's interesting. All right, let's go to the next player, and that is a player we just talked about, and that's Terrell Edmonds. Safety Terrell Edmonds, after that one-year deal, becomes a free agent, and you have to think he doesn't have the splash plays, but he is very reliable. He does his job well in the Pittsburgh defense. Dave, we'll throw it to you first. What's your prediction on Terrell Edmonds? Sign him. I think they sign him. I think Terrell Edmonds... Unless Terrell Edmonds thinks that he did enough this past year that somebody else is going to give him the big bucks that they didn't last year, he's going to realize that the best place for him to be is Pittsburgh, and the best and the best thing for Pittsburgh is for him to be here. That's going to be – it's not going to be like Devin Bush where it's a mutual breakup. This is going to be a mutual, hey, we're best for each other. You're You're going to do – you're going to play your best football here, and we're going to be a better defense with you in it. And I think it's not going to be a deal that breaks the bank, but I think that that they're going to figure something out in that regard. Okay. What about you, Brian? Thoughts on Terrell Edmonds? I'm going to take what Dave said, and I'm going to go a little further with the 1996 classic Jerry Maguire. On three, you complete me. Both sides <laughs> will ab- absolutely say that because that's really what, what Dave is saying. Now, I'm going to reiterate what I say every single year ad nauseum. Man, what a disservice to Terrell Edmonds that he was a number one pick. Yeah. Because if he was a number two pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody, he would be everybody's blue collar favorite player. Yeah. And think about that. That's like a Stefan to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He would be no different than Stefan to it. And now I'm seeing people in the live chat talking about got to have no one saying no to Edmonds. Last year you were let them walk, yeah. let them go. But when you when when a player steps on the field, where they were drafted doesn't matter. But it, it's followed him, and yeah. and that's a shame. But Terrell Edmonds has has done everything to be a blue collar stealer and to be a true stealer. And I hope he sticks around. And there's a lot of people that are thinking right now that he might entice his brother to come play. We're not talking about that right now, but hey. That's not completely 
out I'll of the realm you. of possibility because you think when they sit down at family dinners and when they're talking, you know, they're talking on the phone all the time. The culture that's in Pittsburgh right now, even though Buffalo is not a bad culture, Buffalo is a pretty good culture. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not, but Mike Tomlin and the fact, the way that Terrell Edmonds is getting the treatment, I think it's a pretty good treatment from the organization. I think that goes a long way. That would win a coin toss. So, I think that the Steelers are going to try really hard to bring Edmonds back. I think it has to fit financially and be the right number for them. I did an article for behind the steel curtain.com earlier this week, and it was some quotes from players that were about to hit free agency after the season. They had an open locker room. Majority of the players were there except for the big name players like TJ Watt, Kenny Pickett, because they met with the media after the game on Sunday. And, Terrell Edmonds was very honest and they asked him about his stint in free agency last time last year talked about how it was it was kind of crazy and it was kind of like a it, it kind of you know you think about the mental game of wow I was expecting something to happen and it didn't he was expecting to get multiple offers and it just really didn't so I'm gonna go that Edmonds does return and that it is on a deal that's maybe three years in length keep him and Minka Fitzpatrick together for a while but the next player I want to talk about definitely is worth discussion based on his play in minimal snaps this season. That's one DeMonte KZ. So we didn't get to see a lot of the three safety looks. We did see it in KZ, who was on injured reserve to start the season with that broken arm. Dave, we'll start with you. What do you think about KZ? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to keep him around. I mean, if he's willing to do the, a very similar similar deal with a bit of inflation, from what he did this past year, uh, meaning you know you've got another year of service, it should be bumped a little bit. Um, and, and I, to me, he sounds like a, a Miles Killebrew, an Arthur Millette. In this regard, those two guys in 2021 came into the Steelers. They weren't, you know, big free agent signings. I mean, got my goodness, KZ came to the Steelers after the draft, right? Yep. Okay, KZ came in after the draft, but they came in for one year, and then what happened to the next offseason? They signed him to two-year deals. So I would like to see now KZ, hey, you got a year, even though you missed part of it on IR, you got a year, we got a year to know you. Now now let's do the two-year deal. See, that happened last year with Montrevious Adams. Akella Witherspoon got a two-year deal. Was there anyone else last year that spent a year and got – yeah, that's it. why I said, well, Killebrew, Millette. Killebrew. Killebrew. Yeah, Killebrew yeah. And author Millette. Some people think he's a free agent. He signed a two-year deal. Yeah. And Montrevious yeah. Adams signed a two-year deal, too. Yeah, he signed a two-year deal. Okay. And like you said, Witherspoon. That yeah. were guys that were here for just one year the, the year right. before. Right. I forgot right. about those that's two. A, Thank you. You're welcome. Good point, though. Brian, what do you think about DeMonte KZ? I love DeMonte KZ. I, uh, I really think that he can make an impact here. I don't think he wants to be a nomad either i could see him you know it might be tough there might not be that much of a sample size to see how he turned around now i get it he had three interceptions with the steelers and not a lot of time but i don't really know if he's going to be a priority on the open market like a lot of i mean because he wasn't last year in fact look at what the steelers did last last year all in draft week right before the draft the, I think it was the Monday before the draft, they bring back Terrell Edmonds. And minutes after the draft, 
they bring back Demonte KZ. Now they didn't make it official, Dave. Am I correct until like Monday or Tuesday? But that yeah, I, I can't remember. <laughs> His agent made the announcement right after, right yeah. before we went on for yes. pick number seven. I yeah. think you're right. I it was day three right. of the draft when he when it was rumored that he was signing. Yeah, and you yeah. notice there were no safeties to be found when the Steelers were drafting because they picked up two that week and they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. So a great piece of the puzzle. I want him back. I think he comes back. Okay. Let's go to another defensive back. That's Cam Sutton. All right. Now, unlike Edmonds who tested the free agent waters last year and did not get any takers, Cam Sutton, when he was a, when his rookie deal expired, he signed a contract before he hit free agency. And he was asked about that, that he signed a two-year deal before he even tested the waters. And it kind of sounded like this year he wanted to see what his market value was. Again, don't blame him. Dave, what do you think about Cam Sutton? Cam Sutton is going to be signed by the Steelers either really soon or he's or he will test that market because I'll have an article coming out sometime probably next week. I've got a bunch of them in my head. I'm trying to remember which one to do next. Uh, he's got two void years. He's got a he's got a salary cap hit on the Steelers for next year. I'm pretty sure something like two point seven million dollars if both void years come in. I'll see if I can find that uh, real real quick uh, while I'm talking here, but. I think it's like February 10th or somewhere around there was where I read about where his void years uh, kick in. So if you, if you sign him to that deal, bef- it's 2.1. Sorry. I knew it was because it was it, it, of, of, because it was three years of $700,000 is, is what it is. Uh, so it's, so it's 2.1. If he signs a deal with the Steelers, the, those three years or before that time, those three years stay where they are. So you don't have that balloon cap hit. If he, if they cash in with those, with that 2.1 million void years all come in, that's then whatever you sign him for is that's on top of it. So I, I think, and I personally think when coach Tomlin said in his press conference Monday about talking about some of the guys that aren't going to be here anymore, he's like, uh, yeah, we got to do, you know, we got some work to do with working out things with them. Some of them sooner than others to me, as soon as he said it, that scream Cam Sutton because of, because of he's the only con- person in that kind of contract situation. So I, you say he wants to test the waters, which he might. I wouldn't be shocked if they offer him a decent contract before the void years come in. But then they say to him, don't think, hey, this is now before this happens. But if you go test the waters and come back, it's not going to be the same thing because it's not going to be, it's not going to come across to us the same way. Okay. Brian, what are your thoughts on Cameron Sutton? You know I love Cam Sutton. I've talked about him for years. But here's the thing. Dave's absolutely correct. You cannot let him go test the waters. If he tests the waters, he is Mike Hilton, and he's gone. And you can't blame him. You can't blame Mike Hilton for leaving. There's, And I think the same thing happens with Cam Sutton if he is in that position. So if he's a priority, make him a priority. Show him the love. Make him stay. He just might, but I'm a, I'm really pessimistic when it comes to cam, because if he really wants to test the waters, well, he's going to go. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I said, I think I said with KZ and Edmonds, like they're going to have to prioritize. They're going to have to say which one do we really want to be aggressive and try to keep. We want to keep both, but there's one that prioritizes over the other. Cam Sutton's going to have to find his way up that hierarchy if they do that, what Dave mentioned, and that's get in that contract. I think they find a way to keep him. Um, he's a drafted cornerback from them. I think third round pick out of Tennessee, if I believe third. Yes. Yes. So he was before James. He was Connor. before James Connor. Yeah. So he's the guy that, you know, the Steelers can he's hang the third round corner that did work out. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's the guy that they can say, we got one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause a good old Lustin Jane that, uh, oh, that, that didn't. Why, why you gotta bring so. him up, Dave? We were having a great show and then third, you gotta bring that Jag you're talking up. About third round cornerbacks. Jag. That's what he is. He's a jag. All right. I'm booking let's him go. for your let's ride, by the way. I hope you do. I really <laughs> Let's go to the offensive side of the ball, shall we? Let's talk about a tight end named Zach Gentry. Zach Gentry blocking tight end has really come into his own in the last year or so. Uh, we'll start with Brian this time. What do you think about old Zach Gentry? You know, here's another guy I like everything about. But you got to ask yourself a question. I asked Kevin Smith this and this is something that you will hear tomorrow on another episode of here we go the Steelers show wherever you download your favorite podcasts well you're going to hear kevin smith and i discuss this and kevin brings up this he's like wait did cam excuse me did connor hayward make him expendable in the last couple weeks of the season and is he another guy? And he didn't mention Matt Spath by name, but he said, you know, you can get a Kevin Raider out there. You can get guys like that that could come in and be good blockers for not a lot uh, of an investment. But the shame of it would be to get rid of Zach Gentry with how much he has grown with this team and how well he fits and how well he does when he was drafted as a project. I believe what was that 19 or was that 20 when he was drafted? I, I believe it was 19. He was the fifth of third and fifth. Yes. Man. So it was 19 and he has come a long way since then, but he's kind of a guy that you don't need to keep around. So it's kind of up to him. If you want to keep him in just a tad over the veteran minimum and you can do that. And he wants to stay. He's probably a guy that you're not going to lose only if you want to lose him. Dave, thoughts on Zach Gentry? Uh, what Brian said about did Connor Hayward's play at the end of the season make Zach Gentry expendable, I think you might not even realize that, it, that that's a great question, but in a different way. Connor Hayward's run blocking the last three games was some of the best on the team. You know, he really came on as a blocker. Jeffrey and I did a vertex. It was at, it's on behindthestooker.com right now. It came out today, Thursday, uh, with Connor Hayward. And Jeffrey right off the bat was 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 showing not just that his that his block, just lining up against someone and bullying them, he's not gonna win that block. But using him out of the H back role and moving him, you know, as 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 a pulling player in order to block someone has worked great. So it wasn't just that Connor Hayward got better at blocking. They actually changed, you know, used scheme wise to get him as to be a better blocker by scheming it to be to his strength. So that's one way that you could say, but he's not a guy that's going to line up as an inline tight end on the line of scrimmage when you want to go jumbo and be able to block the guy across from him. 
that's going to be Gentry all the way. So that tells you, do the Steelers want to continue to do that with an extra offensive tackle, or do they like the option of a Gentry that could actually catch a pass once a game or, or twice? You know, one or two targets a game is really about all we got. This is going to come down to, does Zach Gentry think that he can get more out on the market? Are other teams going to be interested in him? I think he's a guy that I could very well see him being you know, signed with the Steelers either just before or even after the draft. This is one of those where I always talk about this. When the Steelers, I always imagine that they're sitting in a, in a meeting room, and in this case, Omar Khan has a little notepad. He takes out a pen and he writes a number down, and a couple numbers probably, rips out the page, slides it across the table, and says, this is what we've got for you right now. Go test the open market and know that if, if you can't find anything, this is what we've got for you. And he can. I think they probably did that with Terrell Edmonds last year and said, hey, like, this is what we're thinking in terms of ballpark with years and millions and all that stuff. We'll see. I think Zach Gentry will be back if they can get a very team-friendly deal. You want three tight ends. You could have a really diverse group with Firemuth. They're best friends, by the way. Let's not underscore that. I'm sure Firemuth will be pulling hard to keep his buddy in Pittsburgh. And uh, that could also have an impact if Zach Gentry's like, hey, man, I've I've got two deals that are pretty similar. He might want to stay in Pittsburgh because he loves it there. So uh, I think that'll be good. Let's go to another offensive player, which most people aren't talking about, but I think brings a lot of value to this team in a unique way. And that's Miles Boykin, wide receiver. Brian, we'll start with you. He's going to be a free agent, special teams guy. What do you think? I thought he was, I thought he really could have been an all pro as a, uh, as a special teamer this year. I thought that's how good he was for this team. And we've seen how well this, this team does with special teamers. I think he could be a Matthew Slater. I think he can be a Darius Hayward Bay um, Slater all those years in new England actually flirted with coming to the Steelers um, in the last couple of years. Uh, having those guys on special teams, DHB for all those years. Yeah. He was listed as a wide receiver. He filled in a few times, you know, Boykin had the opportunity to catch some footballs here too, but everybody knows when guys like that are on the roster that they're on the roster for one reason. Why was Benny Snell on the roster um, for the past couple of years? It's because what he does on special teams. And uh, we found out with a guy like Benny Snell that he was not RB two because that was Jalen Warren. So you're not bringing him back as a special, as a, a wide receiver you're bringing him as one of your captains on special teams. And I would think that he's a guy that, that they would probably look at bringing in again. Dave, what do you think about Boykin? Uh, not for as much as he made this past season. What was that? Because his, his final year, because the Steelers, remember, they inherited it from the Ravens. It was, it was, it was 2.54 million. Um, for for him, think about what he made versus the other wide receivers. So now there is value with the special teams there, but I wouldn't even. I, I mean, I'd offer him, you know, the, you know, two. I, I'm going to throw it out there, but with the salary cap going up, I might be way off. You know, maybe maybe even two years. You know, three three and a half million uh, around there as a special teams guy, that's the kind of deal I would do with Boykin. If he thinks he can get more out there as a special teamer, uh, then, then we'll see it, but I'm not breaking the bank for him. I'm not, I don't know that I'd give him the $5 million deal. Um, 
to, to, you know, for two years, meaning um, to, to stick around, but I think it'd be important to keep him. It's just, you have to do it at the right price. Yeah, that's it. And it's all about a player's perception or their agent's perception of their value. But I think Boykin, they try to make a deal and bring him back. Let's do a couple more before we take a break. And we're not going to go through all of the free agents here, folks. There's just, there's a lot of free agents. So let's do the guy that everyone loves to complain about when they talk about contract. That would be one Derek Watt. (laughs) I knew that was coming. Derek Watt. Everyone loves, oh, he's so overpriced, Ah, blah, blah, blah. Dave did an entire Stat Geek podcast on Derek Watt's contract and his value as a special teams captain. But nonetheless, Dave, we'll start with you first. What do you think the future holds for DJ Watt? Yeah, you got to look at him as just too many people look at him as a fullback and you got to look at him as the special as the special teams. Well, I say captain because he was two years ago, but uh, he did. He was tied with, I think I'm pretty sure Miles Boykin with the most special team snaps this year. Um, And what he did there was was positive the Steelers when the players at the end of a contract you know you're going to have a little bit of an inflation there if you choose to keep them for that last year if you're if you're trying to get them in in the first place that's what happened with the Steelers and they could afford to do it this past year you are not keeping Derek Watt anywhere close to the contract that he got three years ago because he's not going to get that on the open market either but he, once again, like Brian says, he brings that value on special teams. And when you have guys on special teams that can also fill a role that you don't have otherwise, like, oh, your third running back is really a special teams player, but he's also your third running back if you need him. Oh, your fifth wide receiver, he's a special teams player, but he can also be that other wide receiver that fills in when you need him. Oh, you have a great special teams player. He can also be your fullback if you're only wanting one five to eight snaps a game. You don't want to have someone that's doing that role and nothing else. So that's what Derek Watt brings. But he's at the point where he is in his career, his his salaries are going to be getting smaller, not larger, based on what he does. Do you think he comes back? Did I miss that part of it? Oh, I I, I, I think <laughs> I very well think that he would. Yeah, but it's not going to be even at the price that he was three years ago. Okay. All right. What about you, Brian, that Derek Watt? I got to think he's entrenched in Pittsburgh. I I think he's here for the long, long haul. I think it has a lot to do with his brother too. I think he's smart. Uh, I have a feeling he's uh, invested his money well and could probably, uh, God, he gets endorsements for being the third Watt. We, we've seen mm-hmm. that. Gosh, he was the host of a TV show because he was the third Watt. But, and I, I think he, he, he's found a home in Pittsburgh as well. But one thing that, uh, Dave mentioned, and I I thought the show that he did on Derek Watt was absolutely fantastic, and he kind of highlighted on this, but when it was fourth and one or fourth and inches, towards the end, everybody knew it was Derek Watt, and he was converting. And how many touchdowns did he end up having last year? Was it two, Dave? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was – I think he had one receiving and one rushing. Didn't he? Yeah, he got the one from 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 Chase Claypool, and he had the one in here in Week 18. Yeah. So I'm only I I I can't remember which one it was. Um, I'm trying to find which game it was because it was very recent that he actually had a touch that wasn't for a first down. It was like the first one all season. But I mean, he had nine carries 
with a touchdown, and eight of those carries were first downs, and he had five five receptions. Now those weren't all first downs with a touchdown, and one of them was a first down. But every time every time he got it on on with with one yard to go, he converted all but one time. It's very easy to say that if you've got a player that's only touching the ball nine times in a season, that's not worth it. But when eight of those nine touches are for first downs and they're keeping drives alive, and I would say a, more, a majority of that, those were, I don't think any of them were on first and second down. I'd be shocked if they were. Third but or fourth, all of them. When it's third and fourth and you've got that guy you could rely on and he's such a stable presence and he's a captain of your special teams, I think you do whatever you can at a discount price. And I think it's a team-friendly deal. And I, I think it's it's a happy deal all the way across the board. Now, just to clarify, he was not the special teams captain this year. Yeah. He was the year it, before. Still, okay. It's so it was yeah, because year. he was no, it was Killebrew. Killebrew. Um, because okay. remember, he was injured missed the entire preseason. Uh, and I think that's why I, I think that's what 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 came into there. Can, can I ask you guys a real quick question? It's kind of a trivia question here about Derek Watt. Uh, what's the most offensive snaps he played in a game all season? Uh, and which game was it? 15. Brian? Uh, I would say 12 in the Ravens game. Jeff, what game? Mm. Cleveland, week 18. All right. He maxed out in week 15 against the Carolina Panthers, where he played nine offensive snaps. Jeez. Never hit double digits all season on offense. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. I, I think they bring Derek. Unless Derek says, I'm holding out for more money, they bring um, him back. Unless they use that role with Connor Hayward, who right. could do that kind of kind of stuff. If TJ wants him in Pittsburgh, they're going to keep him in yeah. Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep Trent Jordan happy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. All right, let's go to our last our last free agent to discuss, and that is one Bobby Spillane. Robert Spillane is entering free agency for the first time, and a lot of people, like a lot of these players that we've mentioned, are kind of torn on him. It's some love him, some accept the fact that he has limitations, and some can't stand him. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. What do you think about old Robert Spillane? Harkens me back to L.J. Fort where they they kind of they kind of made him and Steven Johnson go back and forth where who's going to be cut this week who's going to be on the squad the practice squad who's going to come back and then finally they're like are oh, we done and then after that they're like man look what he's doing in Philadelphia look what he's doing in Baltimore maybe we should have signed Bobby Spillane but you know i i really think with the linebacker situation that they're going to want to find a way to keep them because right now there, it looks like Devin Bush juniors on his way out of town. Um, the live chats cutting miles Jack, which I think is absolutely ridiculous because he makes too much money and you're not going to do that. Um, but the, that situation there, you have no depth there and you've got a blue collar guy that fits the mold that it's been working. So, those of you that don't want to keep him, remember he's a piece of the puzzle and he could be he could be one of those guys that gets a hometown discount and they they try to figure things out. But remember, all these guys that you want to cut, you're not replacing them with 
undrafted free agents and rookies. You're not. You want to cut everybody that you don't think is a superstar, and that just doesn't work. All right, Dave, what do you think about Spillane? I think Robert's everything going on with Robert Spillane. I think it is going to. I think a lot is going to come down to Miles Jack. I really do. I don't know that the Steelers will want to keep Miles Jack under his current contract. He is due eight million dollars this year with an, like eleven and a half million dollar cap number, something like that. Miles Jack played well for the Steelers before he got hurt. This was something they talked about last night on the Know Your Enemy podcast with uh, that Nick Fairbrawl, who was their guest, brought up that after he was hurt, he just wasn't quite the same guy. I think this. I think depending on what the Steelers decide with with Miles Jack is going to also play into the Roberts blame because you can't go into next season with the only guy that you, that was on the team the year before being Mark Robinson uh, because Marcus Allen. He's a free agent. I I still I still don't understand how they cut him and brought him back later, and they still have that he made this. He still made the same amount of money that he would have. That the the two point five four, which made to me made no sense. They should have signed him for less, unless they had to do it. And I don't know that why they had to. But to me, if if and keeping Jack and Spillane is also a good option. But if you if you can't can't get it figured out with what you want to do with miles jack you have to do everything you can to keep robert's blame um then you have to then once you know a little bit more what's going on with robert jack or robert jack (laughs) miles jack yeah if only we had robert jack that would be a pretty good linebacker i have to admit if you could if you could put those two guys into one player uh that would be pretty decent too but i i i would not be shocked to see spillane stick around um he's not the kind of player Sometimes players don't sign back with the Steelers because they basically make it seem like they don't want them anymore. Kind of like the feeling you got with the Juju Smith-Schuster last year. I don't see that with Robert Spillane, but I also don't know that people are going to be knocking down his door to pay him Buku dollars either. I think, you know, again, I I wrote the article, so I I had to, I'm privy to the transcripts. Spillane was a guy that sounded like he was interested in testing the waters. And I don't blame guys like him. He had to be, he was undrafted and he had to do the restricted free agency route. It was like Mike Hilton was when eventually you want that new deal. You're trying to get that new deal. And then eventually you get that deal somewhere. You hope it's with the Steelers. Maybe it doesn't matter where I think Robert Splane tests the waters. I think they try to bring him back. We shall see. All right. We're going to take a quick break on the audio side. You're going to hear a word from our sponsors. Maybe you won't. I don't know. But still, uh, those on YouTube or on Facebook Live, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Steeler fans, we're back. And normally, you know, you listen to the Steelers preview or you watch us, and this is when we go over the spread and we do the over-under game. Well, that's not happening anymore, sadly. So I wanted to reflect back on 2022 season real quick and ask these guys a simple question. Everyone's going to talk about, you know, oh, the Joe Flacco sucks, which he still does. Uh, but yeah. there, everyone also that has a square head on their shoulder says the Steelers put themselves in this situation. Early losses, really bad losses did this team in. So my question for you all before we go to trivia to finish out the show is of all the Steelers losses, which one do you think was like the ultimate gut punch for the 2022 season? The game that you look back on and say, oh man, they, they had this one. And if they would have had that win, everything else would have fallen into place well beforehand. 
I mean, I'll rattle off some options here. You had the week two game against New England, the Gunnar Olszewski face mask game where it hit. <laughs> he literally tried to catch a ball with his face mask. Um, Akella Witherspoon couldn't cover Nelson Aguilar in the end zone. You have the week four game against the Jets. You have the week 14 game against the Ravens, 16 to 14. The three interceptions by Mitch Trubisky. You have the Miami Dolphins week seven Sunday night football game where the Steelers couldn't catch an interception, but they threw plenty of them uh, with Kenny Pickett that time. So it's up to you all. Which game do you think it doesn't have to mean that you thought it did him in the most. It just hurt the most in terms of your thoughts on their chances at the playoffs. Dave, we'll go with you. I'm glad I get to go first so I can take Brian's answer. To me, hands down, it's that first Ravens game at home. Mm. Because, I mean, Kenny Pickett doesn't get hurt. I mean, I've got my what-if article coming out tomorrow, and this is going to be one of the one of the scenarios. But that one stung the most because – my goodness, they completely outplayed that team. You know, other than the Ravens running the football, everything that happened in that game was set up for the Steelers to win it. Other than that they couldn't stop. Other, I mean, the only way the Ravens outplayed the Steelers was their run game. They couldn't pass on the Steelers. They couldn't, the Steelers were still able to run the ball if they wanted to, but more than, more than anything, the Steelers weren't even trying to run the ball. They were passing the ball and they were able to do it until Mitch Trubisky decided to throw it to guys wearing purple rather than the guys wearing black. I guess they were wearing white that game. But anyway, um, uh, meaning not the Steelers, but meaning the, the Ravens. That would hurt the most because – those other ones earlier in the season, they, if let's say let's say the New England game or or the or the or, or the we'll just say the New England game, if that one goes different, do you see Kenny when you see Kenny? Then you talk about the Jets game. To me, early in the season, you expected Kenny Pickett to take some lumps. When you got to that part later in the season where the Steelers were rolling and could keep rolling. If you would have just imagine if they didn't have, if they didn't have that Ravens loss in there, they would have won their last seven games. And that's one that they had every opportunity to do. And just the way that things played out with the, with, with, with Kenny Pickett getting knocked out and everything else. That's the one that sings the most for me. Okay, let's try to stay away. From, I told you this, Dave. The what if game is a never ending cycle. Oh, I know. Try not I know. to get into that. <laughs> no, 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 because that's that's why I have yeah. the the what if game that's being played tomorrow with an article behind the steel curtain.com, which is a lot yes. fun. And Rich and I talked about the what if game, but that's the one that stings the most because there was so much in that game that you felt that the Steelers were the better team. All right, Brian, what do you think? He every single game from the season. I mean, that one was the most. Yeah, yeah, but then he kept on going. You did not pick my game, though. Oh, I didn't. No, my original game was the Jets game. Okay, and and here's the reason why. And Dave touched on this a good bit, but I think if for me, if Kenny Pickett is able to come in and win that game, then I don't think they lose as many down the stretch until until that uh until they start coming back you could afford to lose a game like cincinnati and baltimore down the stretch you still went seven and two you could still afford to lose those they they stung and the reason they stung was because you were in a position you were basically in do or die at that point but if you win the jets game kenny pickett arrives a whole lot earlier and he's calming down a whole lot quicker 
he's the game slows down a whole lot quicker if he wins that game. The Dolphins game was probably the next game that I would be looking at as well. I think winning one of those games would have been more crucial. And I think, well, they would have made the playoffs if they won either one of those games. But I think down the stretch that uh, they're not scratching and clawing, but they're playing pretty good football. And Kenny progresses a whole lot quicker. I'm just saying, and I'm playing the what if game now too, but that game is the one that I highlight the most that I think really put a different spin on the season. Because even if you win that game, you don't have a problem if you lose in Buffalo and you lose in Philadelphia like you do. Okay, Crystal Privet gave us $2. Thank you very much for the tip. Said the Dolphins. Kenny could have ran it in. Also, shout out to Najee. Um, for me, the Dolphins game, was that was a tough one. That, that was really bad. But for me, it's funny that we all have different games. I chose the New England game. And not so much for the implications, although they would have helped as it pertains to the end of the season a second year in a row home opener and this team can't get out of their own way in 2021 it was the raiders that was when tyson alawalu went down this this past season i talked about the gunner olszewski fumble which was so costly akella witherspoon misplaying the ball on the pass to Aglor. the defense can't get off the field to get the ball back to the offense that was the one for me. I just, man, I, I the, the Patriots were not good that game and the Steelers were just worse. And <laughs> that was what really, really sucked. Uh, I understand what Dave's saying. If that game doesn't happen, then maybe you don't see Kenny Pickett in week four, but yes. that game for me was, was really, really bad. Yeah. Really bad. Well, see, but like I said, when did the Steelers really start to turn around their season after, after the, the bye, bye? And then especially after that Bengals game, that Ravens game was the only hiccup and the rest of the way, and it was one that they still had every opportunity to win but blew it. Yeah, but when you think about yeah. the logistics of the fact that I know Mitch Trubisky had started, but he hadn't gotten first-team reps. You lose your quarterback in the second after the second series of the game. Yeah. And that changes a lot. I mean, yeah. that changes everything from the coordinator. And you still have down. a chance to win. Yeah, That's what's crazy. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's do some trivia to finish it up. Uh, Brian, do you have any tonight? Yeah, I do. I have a really interesting one that you guys are going to yell at me for, but I, I can't help it. So this is the 40th anniversary. Not today, but three days ago would have been the 40th anniversary of the start of the very first NFL Super Bowl tournament. Why was there a tournament? Why did the NFL have 57% of a 28-team league in the playoffs? It's been, they only played nine games in 1982, due to the first NFL strike. And the Steelers started out 2-0 and that year. They ended up 6-3. and And they had the fourth seed, which meant that they would host Dan Fouts and the San Diego Chargers in that game. This was Terry Bradshaw's final start at Three River Stadium in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. Oh, in an NFL uniform his final home start for the uh, for the great Terry Bradshaw. They ended up losing that game 31 to 28. If there were different roles back then, like the spike roll, like instant replay, I think the Steelers win that game because I just watched it this week for most memorable moments in the BTSE DeLorean. Who was the man 
that scored the very first touchdown for the Pittsburgh Steelers on the opening kickoff of the game. The opening kickoff, was it was a defensive touchdown. It was a touchdown of a fumble recovery in the end zone. If you or anybody in the live chat could come up with the name of this man without looking it up, you will have my all-time admiration, and I will put you up there as one of the great Steeler trivia savants of all time. Uh, because it was a fumble recovery in the end in their in their that was in their you said in their playoff game yes yes yeah. james brooks the great james brooks fumbled the first two kickoffs he he luckily for them recovered the second one but the first I, one he lost i remember that that there was that that was something crazy that happened that they you know that, that they've re- recovered the opening kickoff for a touchdown i could not tell you who did it even if I told you he wore the number 36, you would never guess the name. Jeff, you ready? Yep. Guy Ruff. <laughs> Guy, Guy Ruff. Ruff. NFL Films even screwed it up and called him Gary Ruff. His name was okay. Guy Ruff. Um, wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, there you uh, go. You're Hold not on. getting that two minutes back. Hold on. Guy Maroney Ruff. <laughs> His name is Maroney? His middle name is Maroney. Uh. Played one season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Appeared in two games in 1982 in the regular season. One in the postseason where he had a fumble recovery. They don't have him credited with a touchdown here, though. But uh, I'm I'm going to here. If I what if I click on that? No, they don't have that game where I could look at it. But yeah, played uh, three NFL games. It looks like number thirty six and wow. number one in your hearts on that day in nineteen eighty three. That's that's that that's uh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Guy rough. There you go. Yeah. All right, Dave. Let's <laughs> you, you, you know what I want to say. <laughs> I want to go all Sean Connery on on uh, <laughs> like your mother liked it, Trebek. <laughs> oh yes, guy rough. <laughs> Not just rough guy rough. Yeah, but it's R U F F, right? That's the way I, I looked it up here. All right, you ready for me now? You say okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers were victorious in week 18 um, there of, of the regular season. What is the Pittsburgh Steelers record, regular season record in week 18? Two and out. No, no, sorry. Three and out. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and I might have these mixed up here, but I'll either I can't remember who did they lose to Cincinnati. I'm looking at the 2001 Twin Towers season, the 9/11 season. That was not called Week 18. Okay, because there was no Week Two. They just called the next week Week Two. Okay. Yeah. 
that's a good that's good thinking. That's why I'm 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 letting you know there. So this has got to be a trick then. Um th- well they never played 18 <laughs> week 18 that doesn't include this is regular season so Jeff's got to wait 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 no. Yeah, Someone I mean, didn't listen to Scobro. Someone didn't listen to Scobro. No, because this was something that somebody uh, had a lot more important things. Oh no, I know. somebody had been really sick. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know that. I'm just glad you're feeling <laughs> well enough to be on the show tonight, Brian. Um, the one thing that I mentioned that I and I knew I had to look it up is that I knew that there was at least one season in there, 16 games, and the NFL had two buys, uh, and they did. Yeah, and that 90. season was 1993 season sort of so every team had a game in week 18 and jefferson bartholomew hartman i have to say that because that's what we call him on scobro was correct that the steelers are three and oh and i was all there time in week 18 because Browns, i was there they beat yep, they beat cleveland 16 to 9 that was on january 2nd 1994 they beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore last season, 16 to 13 in overtime. And then of course their 28 to 14 win this year. Now I thought you, I, I thought that might be a quick question. So I'm going to ask you guys this. So that just means for all these teams, they had 2021, 2022 season and the 1993 season. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one of five teams that are three and oh in, in week 18. Can you name the other four? Oh, the reason I say that is because you got to kind of got to think, okay, who won this past week? So who could it possibly be that would have won their last game the last two years and might have won it the other time? I can tell you who it's not. Well, it's, I not, can... it's not the Houston Texans. And it's not the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not the Carolina Panthers. And it's not the Titans. The Baltimore Ravens. Oh, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Who are 0-2 in week 18. Just to, so, just to put that out there. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah. The Cincinnati Bengals. That's a the, they are by by winning this year, they moved to where they are one and two. Oh what about uh, Philly. The Philadelphia Eagles. And now they are Two and one. I don't know which. I don't know if they lost last year. If it was in '93, let's go San Francisco. San Francisco is another two and one team. So that's a pretty good guess. Dallas. Um, Dallas lost this year. They got crushed by the Commanders. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but they would have been three and zero if they would have beat the Commanders. All right, I'm just gonna pull a Kramer. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have it. We would just be guessing for... Yeah, that's what it is. It's really guessing. Teams that you would think would have won their last game the last two years, and that's what you guys were doing. Um, but uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Detroit Lions. Yeah, there you go. That's one that... Hey, Sherry Richards had it in the in the... In the live chat. That was just kind of fun to just see if you can name the teams. Good stuff. All right. Let's like see Guy some... Ruff. <laughs> Guy mm-hmm. Ruff. Let's do some final Guy thoughts. Ruff. Brian, go ahead. Final thoughts. Season has ended. It's starting again. And we are here. There you go. Dave Schofield, final thoughts. Final thoughts. I know Steelers fans, it could be frustrating because 
there's a lesson to be learned about the Steelers not making the playoffs. Because you can say right now there are at least, at least two, if not as many as four teams that the Pittsburgh Steelers currently right now, you would say, you know, power ranking wise are better than these teams. Um, especially when you look at how they how they finish the season. You know, I, I like I don't know that they're better than the Chargers. The Chargers, I think, have been doing all right. Um and then you could talk about the Jaguars, but I mean, you talk about the Ravens who have lost three of their last four games limping into the playoffs. You talk about the Miami dolphins. I think they lost, what is it? Five of their last six, something crazy. I mean, they won in week 18 to stop a five game losing streak. So it's kind of frustrating that you're like, man, oh man, these teams that aren't playing well, aren't doing well, they're going on that they're probably going to get embarrassed in the postseason. They're going to pull what the Steelers did in 2020. Um, and while the Steelers who were on the rise are sitting at home, but it just goes to show that's why the entire season counts. What the you the Steelers did a great job of coming on strong after the bye, but the entire season counts. You can't simply erase the two and six start. So this should be a great lesson for the Steelers going into next year. But man, oh man, I would much rather finish seven and two after starting two and six than have it be the other way around. So uh, young team on the rise. I'm excited to just continue to spend time with you guys this off season as we look forward to next year. And I am so appreciative of everyone that's in our live chat, our great and our great listeners that are even out there, you know, on the audio side that uh, we can sit and do this and, uh, and you guys make that possible. So let's keep rolling through the off season. There you go. Very good. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Steelers preview. Dave, why don't you send us out like you always do? Hey, see you next week. Everybody else gets a little tight.